facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, happy Friday to you. It is November the 17th, 2023. So glad you're with me right now on The Kale Clark Show. Hey, you can email the program, questions, comments, love to hear them. The address is kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. And you can also find me on the Twitter slash X app at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. We're going to kind of let our hair down this Friday. We've got a lot of fun in store for you. Michaela's going to be stopping by, my daughter, yep, for another round of Kid Jokes. Meant to do this during the pledge drive, during our fall pledge drive, in which you guys helped us to just zoom past our targets. We thank you so much for your generosity. And one of the ways I like to thank you on The Kale Clark Show is by having another stand-up session of Kid Jokes with Michaela. That's going to be lots of fun. She's going to be along later in the program. Plus, we've got The Week That Was. Now, what a week it has been on the show, prepared by producer Jim. Uh, stay tuned for that. But I want to start with this. I want to start with the deep life. And this is a good thing to think about as we go into the weekend, as we kick off the festivities for the weekend. Got some time to maybe kick back, relax, chill a little bit. Think about life and, and what we want out of it, how we can serve God and others through it. How do we really focus on the things that, that truly matter? at work, at home, and in our souls. And Cal Newport uh, is somebody who talks a lot about the deep life. And in fact, he even has a website called The Deep Life, and he's got a podcast called Deep Questions. You've heard me talk about his books a lot. He's a computer science professor, but he also moonlights as a New York Times bestselling author, books like Digital Minimalism, Deep Work, really, really important contribution there. Because uh, so much of what passes for work today is nothing but shallow work. But if we really want to make a lasting contribution, we need deep work. He also wrote, So Good They Can't Ignore You, uh, A World Without Email, another book. That's a world I'd want to live in. I don't know about you. But <laughs> but I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, about the deep life. Because essentially readers of his books kind of got together and, and a bunch of them messaged him saying, You know, really everything that you're talking about could be summed up in these three words, the deep life. And Cal Newport said, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. And so here's how he describes it. It's, a, it's, again, it's about focusing, just as we would focus in deep work. Focus on the things that really matter, like we just talked about, work, home, soul, and not wasting a whole lot of attention or time, which is very scarce, we only have so much of it, on things that really don't matter. And, and this is tragically part of our problem in North America. We waste a lot of time, which is a treasure that's been uh, gifted to us. We don't know how much of it we have left. We're constantly making withdrawals from the bank, but we don't know when our last dollar has been taken out. We don't know when our last moments on planet Earth are going to be. That's why it really, really matters what we do with them. So what we want to do is we want to we want to avoid... Uh, living in, in sort of a comfortable way because it's easy to to numb ourselves to sleep if you were if you will uh, in life we, we can numb ourselves with entertainment with scrolling on social media uh, focusing too much on ourselves navel gazing narcissism it's so easy to do so we've got to cultivate this this deep life and, and Cal Newport says really it boils down to the four C's the four C's and he's he calls them community craft, constitution, 
and contemplation. So what, what are these things really all about? And I don't think he, he puts them in any particular order necessarily, but the first C is community, and by that he means family and friends, etc., maybe other organizations that you're involved with. But it all starts, of course, with family. And if we want to reach the world for Christ, as we want to do here on Relevant Radio, we want to bring Christ to the world through the media, if we reach the world for Christ, but our own friends and family have been left behind, that that's that's a tragic failure. And so you've heard the phrase, charity begins at home, love begins at home. Well, it has to in terms of spreading the gospel as well. And it's not always easy to do with our own family members, for sure. Uh, they know us well. They know all of our faults and foibles. That's why Jesus says a prophet is not accepted in his own hometown very often. And Jesus was rejected in Nazareth, so it's happened to somebody far greater than you and I. So we shouldn't necessarily uh, take it to heart too much if if our message is rejected. But we do really want our friends and family to get to know Christ and, and to be saved and to become the saints that God has called them to be. And you kind of have to look at it like concentric circles, like throwing a pebble into a pond, or think of a, a bullseye that an archer might be aiming at. That red dot in the middle, that's your immediate circle. That, that's your wife if you're married. That's your children if you have them. And then we kind of move outwards, extended family, friends, cousins, neighbors, you name it. These are the outer circles. And just as Jesus commanded his apostles, hey, start in Jerusalem and then go to Samaria, then go to the ends of the earth. Okay, so it's kind of, we've got a fan outward, but we can never really neglect, nor should we, those who are closest to us by bonds, kinship, blood, and, and that's, 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 that's crucial. So he starts with community, and then he also talks about craft. And by craft, he doesn't just mean his work. He also actually includes under that uh, heading, quality leisure. Quality leisure. Now, he kind of wrote a blog post on his, on his website, calnewport.com, about this. Sort of a summary of the deep life. So community and then craft, which is work and quality leisure. Because we all have leisure time, but it's not necessarily quality leisure time. And you need quality leisure in order to function properly in the other areas. And so what passes for leisure, and we'll kind of deal with one of those things in a minute, is not going to cut it. It's not going to be refreshing for us. It's not going to be regenerative. It's not going to be recreational, recreation. It's not going to help us uh, to, to attack our tasks on Monday morning really fresh. So the, the third C he mentions is Constitution. And by that, he doesn't mean the U.S. Constitution. He's talking about our body's Constitution. That is health, health. And then the last one is contemplation. And contemplation has to do with matters of the soul. So community, craft, constitution, and contemplation. Those are the four C's of the deep life. And Cal Newport says that when he's looking at those four areas, he always wants to keep in mind the big swings. You know, you, you really want to hit a grand slam or, or at least a three-run home run. You really want to focus on things that are really going to move the needle in these areas. Things are going to make the most difference. Yeah, you can make incremental gains and make little changes here and there that can help, but you really want to identify the big swings. And while you're doing that, you want to clear out the detritus that gets in the way. And so take out the garbage and hit the home run. That, that's, that's what you want to do in these, in these areas. And, and, and interestingly enough, they all feed off of each other. They all play off of each other. He says, your constitution, that is your health, enables better craft. It makes sense. If you're not healthy, 
you're not going to be doing quality work probably. And your leisure time is also going to be impacted if you're, if you're not in good health. I mean, sometimes this is out of our control, of course, and we can't always control whether we get a debilitating disease. We, we just have to offer it up to the Lord and, and, and make the best of it. But a lot of our health problems that we have are a result of bad choices that we made in the past. And we can cut off at the past future problems. And really, the the way that we're going to live our future years is going to depend a lot on how we're, we're treating the bodies that God gave us now. So constitution or health can enable better craft. Contemplation, the life of the soul, our prayer life, our inner life, if you will, to uh, use the title of another popular program here on Relevant Radio with Patrick Conley, The Inner Life, our inner life really does provide sort of the guiding star for all of these other areas. It really a template for all the important things in life. And, and, and at various points, we're not going to be firing on all cylinders. We're not going to be 100% firing on the community cylinder, the craft cylinder, the constitution cylinder, the, the contemplation cylinder, you know, a four-cylinder engine. We're not going to be firing on all cylinders 100% all of the time, but let's let's at least try to get closer to a hundred percent and try to try to you know make sure that they're all they're all even. So that that's kind of a summary of the philosophy of the deep life. And so, really, again, the big idea to keep in mind is focus on things that are really going to move the needle in all of those areas. I want to focus specifically on one thing today, and we can talk about more stuff later. But I want to focus on craft, and not, not so much work, because we're heading into the weekend here, but I want to focus on quality leisure, quality leisure, because that is absolutely crucial. One of the things that prevents us from having, having quality leisure time, and, and, we, and God knows we need rest. He, in fact, built it into creation, the Sabbath rest, and, and very often we are resisting arrest, as it were. And that's a pun from Scott Hahn. I got to give credit where credit is due. We have, we're resisting a rest. Some people have a habit of working even, sometimes you have to because your, your job requires it. You're a police officer or a surgeon, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you have to work on Sundays. You can't help it. But to try to, to, to respect the Sabbath and live it well. In fact, uh, John Paul II had a very, very popular letter. I know producer Jim, I think, really likes this letter. Diaz Domini, the, the day of the Lord. Really have to I'll read that. It's great spiritual reading. If you ever want uh, something to do on the weekend, some spiritual reading, pull that one up. Just Google that. But I want to talk about specifically one thing that stops us from having this quality leisure. And you're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Email me, kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. It's our screens, our screens, and that those can be our, I don't know, maybe you have a, an 80-inch plasma uh, television screen upon which you watch uh, football all day on Sunday. I don't know. That uh, sounds like pretty good leisure time to me. But uh, nonetheless, we've got to do some other stuff. We've got to pray. We've got to spend time with people. <clears throat> and uh, Cal Newport also talks about this on, on his blog as well. And one of his one of his books, as I, as I mentioned earlier, is called Digital Minimalism. Unfortunately, sometimes in life we we've built in a lot of digital maximalism, in which we're constantly looking at screens, whether it's our computer screen at work in the cubicle, and then we go home and we're looking at our smartphone screen all the time. Our head is down all the time. We're not praying; we're just looking at our smartphones. The smartphone prayer, 
And that ought not to be. We've got to look up and look at the world around us. And so this guy named Mike, a young man who's in his 20s, um, emailed Cal Newport after reading his book, Digital Minimalism. And he said, really, this book changed his life. And so he wrote him back saying, like, how so? What, what exactly, how exactly did that play out in your life, Mike? And so he said, here are the changes that have happened in my life. He said, I lost 15 pounds, dropped my body fat by six percentage points. Not bad, not bad. Mike said he also went from being pretty terrible at dancing to being pretty good. And in fact, he sent Cal Newport a video of him dancing to, to, to prove this claim. Hey, so maybe this will help his social life, his dating life. Uh, that's for sure. He also, if that weren't enough, he actually started uh, participating in Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. And for those of you who are interested in mixed martial arts, maybe you watch UFC, maybe you're into that, maybe you're not. And that's a, uh, maybe another topic for another show. Is this too barbaric? Is this going back to the days of the gladiators? You know, this is kind of blood sport, Jean-Claude Van Damme, cage matches. And anyways, UFC kind of um, ultimate fighting, it kind of incorporates all kinds of different fighting styles from boxing to you name it, uh, wrestling. And, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is one of those uh, forms of self-defense. It's become really, really popular in part because of the rise of UFC. So a lot of people are doing it for fitness and also for self-defense reasons to kind of feel more confident about themselves. So this guy, Mike, started taking Brazilian jiu-jitsu lessons and, and became quite proficient at that. And he also said just in general, his relationships became strengthened. And so what the reason why this all kind of became possible for, for this guy, Mike, is because he took Cal Newport's challenge in digital minimalism to heart. Newport actually says that people should try to spend 30 days, it's kind of a digital detox, spend 30 days away from optional technology. And this is a way to kind of simplify your digital life because some of the technology that we use in life, we, we have to use it. It's not optional. For example, our work computer, whatever the case may be to do our jobs. But there's a lot of tech that's optional. And that could be everything from our PlayStation to um, our, you know, some of the apps on our smartphone, whatever the case may be. So he says, spend 30 days in a digital detox, simplify your life a little bit, and you'll find out whether or not you really miss some of these things. And so some people say that uh, when they report back to him, they, they'll say, hey, I tried this. It didn't, I've got some mild withdrawal symptoms. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really miss Instagram that much, for example, or I don't really miss using Twitter as much. And, and, but the, here's the real problem. And Cal Newport says this really surprised him. He wasn't anticipating this when he was giving out this advice to do a digital detox. People keep writing him saying, my biggest problem now is trying to figure out how to deal with all the free time I've suddenly got. Now, this is where it gets really, really interesting for you and me, because you probably heard this refrain. Uh, you probably said this to other people. I don't know, maybe probably even several times this week. I'm crazy busy. I'm not just busy. I'm crazy busy. And it's true. The pace of modern life, everything that's going on, it is busy. It absolutely is busy. And sometimes it feels like all the tech and advancements that we have don't make our lives easier. They just make our lives more complicated in certain ways. So, but really surprised Cal Newport is that people found themselves doing this digital detox and then they have all kinds of time on their hands and they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what to do with themselves. And so he said another, another uh, reader of the book named Lori also wrote to him, Cal Newport, and, and, and said, this is what her experience was going through digital declutter. She said, 
And I quote, I learned that a lot of actions in my day are mindless. We all have much more time than we think we do. We just fill it with lots of scrolling. End of quote. Now, now that's actually a good, a good quote because if you, if, and, and some smartphones where you have an iPhone or maybe you're using the Android device, you can actually go into settings and check your screen time and it'll actually tell you how many hours a day you're spending looking at your screen and which apps you're using the most. And, and this is actually kind of shocking for people if they've never done this before, how much time they're actually spending on this stuff. And there's something in, uh, in, the, in the world of work called Parkinson's Law. Maybe you've heard of this. I've spoken about it before on the Kale Clark Show. Parkinson's Law states that work expands to fill the time that's given to it. Now, obviously, there's a minimum amount of time that you have to spend to get a ta- task done, but then there, there seems to be sort of a law of diminishing returns. So if you give a task uh, two hours, it'll take you two hours to get done. If you give it a day or two days, it'll take you two days to get it done. It, work has a funny way of expanding to fill the time, and so does our our digital usage as well. And I think this is kind of an example of that. Another another uh, digital detoxer named Anna said this, quote, I was left with a lot of silence in my day. What do I do in the evening after work? I'm home alone. I'm tired. It's raining outside. In the beginning, I spent a significant amount of time simply being bored. I wandered the house in circles looking for something to do, end of quote. So here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Sometimes the, the digital devices in our lives, they went far beyond the role that they were intended to play. Uh, not just being tools for our work, but they, they wound up, because of overuse, pushing aside other activities in our lives. And this is where this quality leisure comes in that can really help to sustain us. And, and Newport says it's kind of like somebody who is a social drinker, but then he gradually becomes a, a addicted to alcohol, and he, and he winds up going to a place where he's hiding empty beer cans from his family, you know, just shoving them under the bed, whatever. That's a little bit like somebody who's addicted to tech and addicted to their smartphone. They're, they're, they're just tapping and swiping constantly, and it, and it changes gradually from being an occasional distraction. You've got a couple minutes here and there, and it becomes the default behavior. Whenever you have a spare second, you're scrolling. You're going straight to the phone. You probably know somebody like that. You might even be that person. <laughs> Sometimes you don't realize it. I, I certainly know people, family members like that, where they are, even during family gatherings, they're, they're, they're just looking at their phone. They're not talking to anybody who's actually in the room. So what happens when you take this away? You have the whole problem of silence. It's just you and your thoughts. And that makes people very, very uncomfortable. I remember once I'm meeting Carl Keating, who's the founder of Catholic Answers, and he said at one point that everyone thought he was nuts. Whenever he bought a car, he, he, he would, the salesman was like, don't you want to check out the radio? You know, don't you want to check out the sound system? And he's like, not really. The only time he ever has turned on the radio in his car is just to see if it works, just to make sure that it works. But he doesn't, he doesn't play music in the car. He doesn't listen to podcasts in the car. He, he just uses that time to think. Imagine that. Or maybe pray. Now, I don't recommend that because, of course, when you're in the car, you should be listening to relevant radio all the time. You should be locked in. So this doesn't count, okay, for you. But no, I'm only kidding. But we, we do love people listening in the car, of course, and many of you are doing just that. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on relevant radio. So this is, this is just a, a really intriguing uh, thought by, by Cal Newport because people, when they do this digital minimalism approach, they wind up having more time. For, for, for activities that are actually making them more human. They're, they're getting more connected with other people. 
and it's really made huge improvements in their lives because um, we are we are holistic beings, mind, body, and soul. And so, if we make an improvement in one area of our life, it tends to have spillover effects in, in other areas as well. So I think this is this is really really important for us to think about. But it's it does take a little bit of hard work. The default is always easier. It's always just easier to scroll on Twitter or Instagram, whatever the case may be. Um, go to YouTube and just like sort of passively just let the autoplay run and just just fill your time with mindless videos. And before you know it, hours and hours have passed by. But but this requires some thought and some deliberate practice to figure out how you want to spend your time, what's really important to you, and ultimately what's going to make you happy, what's going to make you a flourishing person as a, as a child of God. And and it's well worth doing, I think. It's well worth doing. So. What we have to do is is look at our lives in, in, in a sense of our ultimate goal, and that is to become saints. It's to become saints and to help other people to become saints. That, that's the Catholic life in a nutshell. Why are we baptized? Holiness and apostolate. To become a canonizable saint and to help other people to do just that. And if, 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 if our activities that we're doing uh, during our leisure time are not conducive to that, really need to step back and re-examine that. So think a little bit about this weekend, what it might mean for you to live a little bit more of a deep life when it comes to this leisure time. Is your leisure time quality leisure? Is it? Are you getting out of it what you really want? Or, or are you just kind of content to be a digital automaton, just, just like everybody else, just staring at their screen like a robot? Not necessarily what, what, what you ought to be doing. It's time to wake up, look up at the real world, real people in it uh, that we need to be in relationship with at some level. So it's just some food for thought there. Uh, do what you will with it. If you want to comment on it, send me an email. Love to hear from you. The address is kale at relevantradio.com, C-A-L-E at relevantradio.com. You can find me on Twitter, yeah. But, you know, let's try to cut back on that. But uh, when you do use it, you can find me at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with a knee. We'll be right back after this quick break on The Kale Clark Show. The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program. So happy to be with you. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Email me, kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. Find me on Twitter, slash X, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Excuse me for just a moment, folks. Oh, I had to blow my nose. Hope I didn't uh, blow out your speakers there while I did that. That's a perfect segue for what I'm going to talk about next. I'm going to talk about nasal congestion. This is exactly what you wanted to hear about. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm talking about this because it is the season for colds. Uh, it's getting a little bit chilly in most of the country. It is the season for COVID. Yeah, another season of COVID, the flu, all of that stuff. And a lot of you guys are feeling like you're constantly sick all the time. And if you have kids who are in school or daycare, uh, it's almost impossible to avoid. 
But here's the thing. I, I read an article about this. It kind of blew my mind, just as I just blew my nose. It blew my mind, and I think you're going to find it um, uh, something that you, you, you won't want to sniff at here. Believe it or not, you actually have more than one nose. You have two noses. What am I talking about here? Well, I saw this article uh, in the Atlantic magazine by Sarah Zhang, and it was called Everything I Thought I Knew About Nasal Congestion is Wrong. And, and I, I, I just I was mesmerized by this thing. And she, she talks about the fact that uh, she has a, a child in daycare, and she says she's caught a cold every single month. Every single month since her kids started daycare, because kids are just, they're awesome at spreading germs around. And, you know, it's not always a bad thing for us because our immune system gets ramped up. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, the end of the world uh, to, to catch something because hopefully you're going to get some immunity out of it as well. But she says because of this, because her kid keeps bringing home all kinds of, of colds and illnesses, she says that she's devoted a heck of a lot of time to unclogging her nose. She's always blowing her nose. And I, I'm always blowing my nose too. And producer Jim will tell you, I, I blow my nose off air all the time. Constant, constant. And she says she also uses neti pots. And I've never done that. Decongestions. Um, and she's also tried to figure out what's the best way to sleep when you're stuffed up. This is really practical in cold and flu season. And she did some research on this and she figured out that nasal congestion is way weirder than she ever thought. Now let's 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 deal with this two nose scenario. What in the world is that all about? Well, Ronald Eccles is somebody that she talked to, and he is a he's an expert on this, and he ran the Common Cold Center at Cardiff University in Wales. Now he retired a few years ago, but that's what he used to do. And he said that really you have two noses. Now, why is this? Because you've got two nostrils, and each nostril opens up into its own nasal cavity it's very own nasal cavity and it doesn't connect with the other one just like you've got two eyes two ears they're really two separate organs these nasal cavities and so that that's that's kind of a, a it kind of blows your mind to, as, as you blow your nose to think about this that you really have essentially two noses even though you've only got you know one nose on your face so and here it's a constantly changing environment it's a constantly changing environment. There's, there's actually tissue uh, that lines the, the, the inner parts of your nose that can become filled with blood. And, and when you have an infection, when you have allergies, it can actually make it much, much worse. And, and the swelling can be, can be ever greater. And this is why. This is, a, this is a big mystery that's been solved for me. This is exactly why your nasal patch, passages can become blocked. So the real cause of a stuffy nose isn't so much mucus. It's snot mucus. It's snot mucus. I, I worked all day on that one. I hope you laughed at that. Uh, it's not to do with that. It's actually to do with the swelling of your nasal passages. That's the real primary cause of a stuffy nose. And that's why when you blow your nose constantly over and over again, you ever have that feeling where you can never empty it? No matter how much you're blowing your nose, it just never empties out entirely. That's the reason why, because it's the swollen tissue in your nasal passages. So another uh, uh, person that Sarah Zhang interviewed for this piece in The Atlantic was Timothy Smith, who is an otolaryngologist, an otolaryngologist. Wow, that is a $5 word, at the Oregon Health and Science University. And there is a sinus center there. 
at Oregon Health and Science University, where this guy works. And, and he says that, all right, if you're gently blowing your nose, that, that's fine uh, for any kind of added mucus that might be there. But but really, the, the, the tissues, that, that's the real problem. So that's why when you have something like Sudafed, like a decongestant, uh, that actually does kind of work because what it does is it causes the blood vessels in your nose to shrink. And that will open your nasal passages for some temporary relief. And here, here's another thing, too. There's, there's something called the nasal cycle. I did not know this, but your nose, your nasal tissue follows a very predictable pattern. And every few hours, one side of your nose becomes partially congested while the other side opens. And then it kind of switches and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And you might not actually even be aware of this, except for times when it becomes uh, excessively so, maybe, maybe when you've got a, a bit of an infection or, or something like that. You don't really notice these changes. So the idea, the, the idea actually says uh, Sarah Zhang, it actually kind of makes sense because when you're sick, um, there's, there's a little bit of extra swelling in your nasal passages and that can turn a partial congestion, which you have all the time because it kind of goes back and forth. It turns it into a complete congestion. And then you feel way more blocked on one side than on the other. Now, here's another interesting thing. It's all somehow connected to your armpits of all things. And you might want to use your nose to smell somebody else's armpit. I don't recommend it. But your armpits have something to do with your nose. So she says, look, when, when, you're, when you're turning from side to side during sleepless nights, what you're actually doing is you're unknowingly activating receptors that are under your arm. Because when you do that, when you lie on one side, there's a receptor in your underarm that actually opens up the opposite side of your nose. Now, this is really, really weird. This might be something that, that's developed in human beings over time. And, and when you lie down, for example, on your right side, let's say, your left nostril is farther away from the ground and it's less obstructed. And maybe this was, you know, when human beings were hunting and gathering, they had to kind of do this. And you, 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 you're, the part of your nose that's <laughs> further away from the ground can be less obstructed. And apparently, and I don't recommend this, I do not recommend seeking out a yogi as a practitioner. You should definitely stick with the Catholic faith. Yogis apparently have taken advantage of this. They have this device. It's kind of a small crutch that they put under their arms, and it's called the yoga danda. The yoga danda. That just sounds dandy. And apparently that, that can help to direct breathing from one nostril to the other. So on a popular level and some people have even done this online apparently there's an online hack when you have a stuffy nose you can kind of try to mimic this by taking a bottle maybe an empty plastic bottle or something and you put it under let's say let's say the left side of your nose is stuffed up you put the bottle under your in your right armpit and you squeeze it and sarah zhang said she tried this but actually, her arm got tired from squeezing the bottle in her nose, never really unclogged. And she said, okay, I'm going to try another crutch. I don't have the yoga danda, but she had a knee injury a while back. She said, I've, I've still got an old wooden crutch from that. So she tried that, and it did kind of work, but it took a long, long time. She's like, forget this. I'm just going to blow my nose instead. Forget the crutch. Um, so we don't really know exactly why human beings have a nasal cycle, but we're not the only ones. Apparently... Cats do as well. Rabbits, pigs, dogs, rats, they all have a nasal cycle. And the reason why this might be is to guard against pathogens that are in the air. 
because when this when this tissue in, in your nose kind of kind of shrinks then 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 the there's plasma that's rich in antibodies that's squeezed into the inner lining of the nose and this is kind of a defense for your nose so it, 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 when there's like apparently there's a lot of upper respiratory viruses and there's tons of them going around right now these upper respiratory viruses they, they like temperatures that are just below body temperature when when one side of your nose becomes congested what happens is it warms up it kind of raises the temperature and that actually wards off the virus isn't that interesting because it, they love this slightly colder than body temperature kind of kind of environment so when you when you're when you're Tissues get all kind of stuffed up. It actually helps to ward off the virus. It's really, really strange. So our noses are actually working all the time. Uh, they have to function 24 hours a day, 24, 7, 365. You're always breathing. And they always say, there's another thing too. This is really big online. You might've read some stuff about this. A lot of people say that when you're sleeping, you should really try to breathe through your nose and not through your mouth. And some people even suggest taping over your mouth at night. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, definitely talk to your doctor about that. But it's just really, really wild that the air that we breathe is maybe, it's maybe 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 35% humidity. But by the time your air gets into your nose, gets back to your nasopharynx, that's about three or four inches. It's all the way up to 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit, 100% humidity. Essentially, as Sarah Zhang says in her article, your nose is kind of like a tiny little HVAC system unto itself. So this is just really, really wild. Now here's another thing too. I don't know if you, this is the last thing. I don't know if you're a fan of menthol in terms of, and I'm not talking about, hopefully you're not smoking menthol cigarettes, <laughs> but hey, they give you fresh breath as well as, as, as your smoking habit is fulfilled. Uh, I'm talking about menthol lozenges. Everyone knows how like, ah, oh, that kind of like, it makes you feel like you can take in more air. What happens is your, your cold receptors in your noses are tricked by menthol. Your cold receptors are activated whenever cool air passes by. So when somebody has a menthol lozenge, you can actually hold your breath longer because the minty coolness fools you into thinking that you're still getting air. And that's why when people ever use like with your kids when they're sick, Vicks VapoRub, you know, kind of rub it on their chest kind of thing. Does it actually work? Well, it actually ma does make your congestion feel better. It doesn't have any actual effect uh, on your nasal passages, but it's because of, of the menthol. You kind of breathe it in and it makes you feel like you can, you can breathe for longer. Okay, really, really strange stuff. There's all kinds of, there's a, there are worlds within worlds within the human body. And that is definitely the case with our, with our nasal HVAC system, if you will. So next time you're sick and you need to blow your nose, you'll think about this and you'll be like, wow, uh, it's more wild than I ever thought. So I don't know if, if that's uh, entertaining for you or, or informative, but it, but it certainly was for me because I'm a guy who always is struggling with this. I'm always stuffed up. And hey, the Kale Clark Show is about faith, facts, and fun. There's some facts. Just hit you with some facts during this cold and flu season. Well, here's something that, that's not to be sneezed at. This is uh, something I meant to talk about the other day. We just kind of ran out of time. I wanted to tell you the story of the mathematician that rejected a $1 million prize for his work. This is an unbelievable story. Uh, Sahil Bloom tells this story on Twitter. He's a, a writer and entrepreneur. 
And, and this is this is I'd never heard of this guy before. His name was Grigory Perelman. Grigory Perelman. And he's considered to be one of the smartest human beings on planet Earth, one of the greatest mathematicians around. And what he what he did, what his sort of specialty was, was he figured out solutions to problems that nobody else could could do at all. And in fact, when he was able to solve these mathematical problems, his solutions were so elegant and they were so clear that people said, why didn't we see this before? It was hiding in plain sight. In the year 2006, Grigory Perelman was awarded the prestigious Fields Medal for contributions to mathematics. But here's the thing. He decided, I don't want this. I don't want this prize. This was the most, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest prize. It's like an actor saying no to an Academy Award. It, it, this is exactly the, the sort of analogy that you would use. And, and here's, here's what he said, quote, This prize, the Fields Medal, was completely irrelevant for me. Everybody understood that if the proof is correct, that is like, I found the solution to this problem, this mathematical problem, then no other recognition is needed, end of quote. So simply solving the problem was all the recognition he needed. So he said no to the prize. He said, okay, it's one thing to turn down an award, but then he also turned down a million dollars in cold, hard cash. Later that year, in 2006, Grigory Perelman walked away from being a professional mathematician, and he moved to a very, very small town outside of St. Petersburg, Russia, where he lives with and looks after his elderly mother. In 2010, okay, four years after this, he was awarded something called the Millennium Prize. That's the one that comes with a $1 million cash award. And he decided, I don't want it. Now, he's kind of taken to task for this by some people. They say, well, okay, if you don't want it, maybe you could at least give it to you know, a worthy charity. You could you know, use it to help look after your elderly mom. But he didn't accept it because he's kind of, as Sahil Bloom says, he's kind of a unicorn. He's somebody who has completely eliminated the need for external validation. What fulfilled him was the process. It was the journey. It wasn't the destination. The joy of working on these complex math problems, not by the reward that might be in play, whether it's the Fields Medal, whether it's the Million Dollar Prize. That didn't matter at all to him. So... Now, you might say, again, you should have maybe taken the money, and if you didn't want to give it, give it to some worthy cause, give it to the church, whatever the case may be. The point of this for us, though, is that if we can get rid of the need for external validation from other people and just kind of worry about an audience of one living in a way that pleases God, that can lead to a lot of freedom in our lives. If we're living for recognition at a human level, if we're living for, for cash rewards, that is not going to make you happy. And in fact, even if you get these rewards, that may not make you more free. In fact, it might complicate your lives in more ways than you, you can imagine. As Biggie said, more money, more problems. That's certainly true. And, and if you talk to anybody who's, who's achieved any level of success in their life, what they're really looking for at the end of the day is freedom. Freedom of, for their time, freedom to use their time the way that they want. Well, we should use our time for the glory of God. As we talked about earlier in the show, this, this is really what living the deep life is all about. So I just thought it was a wild story about the mathematician Grigory Perelman. And maybe we shouldn't, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't turn down that million dollars. Maybe send it to Relevant Radio. Help us to reach the world for Christ through the media. But the lesson of freedom from this external validation really is something that we can take to heart. 
and joy in the journey. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. We will be right back after this quick break. I'll be joined by Michaela for some kid jokes. You won't want to miss it. We're going to have a good time. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Welcome back to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, I want to remind you that you can join Relevant Radio at the National Eucharistic Congress next July in Indianapolis, and you can prepare for this historic gathering with Father Rocky's Eucharistic Encounters. Now, this is a, it's a collection of short stories, and if you haven't heard them yet, they're, they're incredibly powerful. It's all about the real presence and the power of the Eucharist in people's lives, as told by Father Rocky. Now, this week on Eucharistic Encounters, he shares the best advice he's ever received. You won't want to miss it, and you can find out what that is on this week's Eucharistic Encounter with Father Rocky at RelevantRadio.com slash Encounter. That's how you can sign up for free, RelevantRadio.com slash Encounter. Well, last week, we of course, we had a very successful pledge drive here on Relevant Radio, and I want to thank all of you for your support. We just absolutely crushed our targets, and that's really a testimony of the fact that uh, you think we're on the right track. And what we like to do here on The Kale Clark Show to reward you uh, for all of your gifts and for all of your support is my daughter, Michaela, likes to join us. And we couldn't book her. She's so busy with everything that she's got going on from engineering clubs to ballet, you name it. I had to specifically book her, but I had to wait until after the pledge drive. I had to wait till today. But she's going to reward you right now with another set of awesome kid jokes for you here on The Kale Clark Show. Michaela, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, Daddy. It's it's good to have you with me again. And I know you've got another set, got another routine that you've worked up, and uh, I'm excited about this. Well, here we go. All right, so let's go with joke number one. You can just kind of roll through it, Michaela. I tried to make a belt out of watches. It was a waste of time. <laughs> Why did the belt get arrested? How come? It held up a pair of pants. Oh, man, I can tell you that that, that is a, those are classic. You're off to a good start. All right, what is next? How was the handsome runner described? How was the handsome runner described? Dashing. <laughs> I should have been sad when my flashlight batteries died, but I was delighted. <laughs> these are good, Michaela. I like these. You're off to a roll here. You're on a roll. What is a pumpkin's favorite sport? I don't know. Squash! Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. That is a great joke for the fall time. Why was the broom running late? He overswept! Oh! Why did Mozart sell his chickens? Why did Mozart sell his chickens? Because they kept saying, Bok, bok, bok! Bok, bok, bok. <laughs> I love it. Some people have difficulty sleeping, but I can do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> Why did Mickey Mouse take a trip into space? He wanted to find Pluto. 
Why is R only a pirate? Second favorite letter. Why is R only a pirate's second favorite letter? I don't know. Because their first love is the sea. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. What is fast, loud, and crunchy? Fast, loud, and crunchy. Hmm. A rocket ship. <laughs> Why does a chicken coop only have two doors? Because if it had four doors. It would be a chicken sedan. <laughs> chicken sedan. I love that. What is a vampire's favorite fruit? Vampire's favorite fruit? A nectarine. Oh, I should have seen that one coming. Michaela, those are amazing kid jokes. You just keep getting better and better. Thank you, Daddy. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us. I know you got a busy schedule, so got lots going on today. You got a big ballet performance tonight, so. Two. Okay. Well, hey. Well, thank you for joining me on the program. God bless you, and、uh, please say goodbye to our listeners. Okay. Bye, bye, listeners. See you next plug drive. <laughs> okay, Michaela. That was Michaela Clark. If you need her, and、uh, you can book her for your event.、Uh, Kid jokes are us. No, I'm only kidding. But hey, th- I want to thank Michaela for taking the time to join us here on the Kale Clark Show. Hey, we are not done yet. We've got a lot of fun still. On the program, stay tuned for the week that was. I and Hersey Ali. Why is she calling herself a Christian now? She says, really, there's three things that made her embrace the Christian worldview. Number one, part of it is global, because she says Western civilization is really under threat from three different things. Number one, she calls it great power authoritarianism and expansionism. Specifically, she's talking about the Chinese Communist Party. And Vladimir Putin's Russia, no question about that. Number two, she says, was the rise of global Islamism, which she says, quote, threatens to mobilize a vast population against the West. And the third thing is, she calls it the viral spread of woke ideology, which she says is eating into the moral fiber of the next generation. We can't fight, she says, these formidable forces unless we can answer the question, what is it that unites us? She says, "Quote the response that God is dead seems insufficient. So too does the attempt to find solace in the rules-based liberal international order. The only credible answer, I believe, lies in our desire to uphold the legacy of the Judeo-Christian tradition." I'm going to be sharing with you guys the Ten Commandments for the scrupulous, for those who suffer with scrupulosity. So here's commandment number four: You shall not worry about breaking your fast before receiving communion, unless you actually put food and drink in your mouth and consume it, swallow it in the same way that a person does when eating a meal. If there are any priests listening? You probably heard a lot of this stuff in the confessional.、Uh, Father Miller mentions somebody confessing, "Well, I had lipstick on, and, and I might have consumed something."、Hey, lipstick is not food. I'm going to try to show you how to win any argument. Now that now talk about overpromising, my, my goodness. Maybe I should downgrade that a little bit too. At least how not to lose any argument. That, that's maybe a little bit more, a little bit more palatable. A little bit more palatable. How do you win any argument? Well, according to Ben Mir, you've got to think like a lawyer, just like the lawyers from maybe my favorite movie of all time, A Few Good Men. Colonel Jessup. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. 
You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <laughs> That's it. It's all about the truth. It's not about hashtag winning. It's not about vanquishing the other person. At least it shouldn't be. It should be about uncovering the truth, and hopefully we can handle the truth. How early is too early for Catholics to put up Christmas decorations? But let, let me go to the phones. Let me see what you guys think. Another Michael is online from Duval in Jacksonville, Florida. Michael, glad to have you. Yeah, I always, this is my third time calling in the many, many years. I always love it when you say Duval. I always put it up this Thanksgiving night. I am ready to hit the switch. I don't, but I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, Friday, the switch goes on and the lights are on. That's always my goal. Celebrate mm -hmm. Thanksgiving and put the lights on the day after. Letting people know that we are preparing. And mm -hmm. uh, Abbott is a preparation for the coming of Christ. All right. There was the week that was on the Kale Clark Show. Thank you to producer Jim Schaefer for pulling that together with a big assist from Miranda Sinaceros. Thank you, Miranda. Great work by you as well. Hey, if you missed any of those episodes and you want the full meal deal, go to the Relevant Radio app, relevantradio.com. Just go to the Kale Clark Show page and check it out. We've got everything archived for you in podcast form, and it makes it really easy, especially on the app, to share it with a friend. Just press the share button. You're good to go. It's the number one free Catholic app in the world, the Relevant Radio app. Wow. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. While you're enjoying your weekend, make sure to get that quality leisure time in. Make sure you pray and commune with the Lord as well. And you might want to check out the Faith Explained show. We're going through St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Man, it's just the greatest letter ever written by the greatest apostle of all time, the GOAT, St. Paul. Have a great weekend, everybody. Timory is up next, followed by Father Rocky and the Family Rosary Across America. Jim Shaper produced... And Miranda helped out again with the week that was. Thanks for listening to The Kale Clark Show this week. You heard from her earlier. You're going to hear from her again right now. Take it away, Michaela. God bless you. Thank you for listening to my daddy.